stories you won't be as familiar with. One you'll be very familiar with because it's a Bible story you've heard since you were very young for those that went to church. This is what I want to do before we get started. If you've got to go to the bathroom, go now. I'm tired of kids getting up in the middle, walking in front of everybody else, distracting them. If you've got to go, get it done, please. And everybody else will wait till they get back. I don't want you talking to your neighbors, poking them and doing all these funny things. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to what the Bible says. I want you to look at the people in the story that we're going to read tonight. The scriptures will be up on the screen in just a little bit. It's our last night. As I shared last night, the real mission trip starts tomorrow. It's when you hop in the van and the SUV and the bus that you came in. Impact's great, but the real mission for us is to go back and live a life sold out to God where we live. Anybody can do it here. Because you're around people who are excited, and you're fired up. Where the rubber meets the road and the water hits the wheel is when you go out there and you start living a life unto God every day. Sold out and surrendered to the great I am. God Almighty, the Holy One. We've got a few people that will be coming back in just a minute. Let me give you a little background this night. You're going to be familiar with part of the story, but maybe not the other part. I'm getting a little bit of a back feedback up here, so maybe we turn the gain down just a hair. The nation of Israel has just crossed the Jordan River. It was during the flood stage when the river would come down. It would be out of its banks. Have you ever seen a river when it gets out of its banks? It's almost dry, and all of a sudden the water comes down, and it fills the place. God rolled back the waters, and they walked across on dry land. On the other side of the river was a place called Jericho. Jericho was a fortified city. It was a massive city. The people on the other side of the river have heard of this great God who was leading a people, and they were coming into their land to take it. God had specific instructions for these people. Did you know it only takes one person to spoil everything? They just witness an incredible miracle of God. They get over there and Joshua leads them. Joshua is their man. He's God's man. He's ready to lead the people to another victory. So here we go. We're going to start in Joshua chapter 6 verses 18 and 19. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel a curse and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. They're about to capture this great city of Jericho. And there's lots of loot there. There's lots of gold and silver and precious things. And God said, you can't have that. That's mine. Oh, poked myself in the eye. 
It all belongs to God. Verse 20 and 21. So the people shouted and the priests blew the trumpets. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell flat. Some people think it was wide as this stage that they could race chariots around it. And the thing went flat. Another incredible miracle of God happened that night. That day when they were there. So the people went into the city. Every man straight ahead and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in it. Both man and woman and young and old and ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. Somebody messed up. God just showed them an incredible miracle. And somebody decided they wanted to be selfish. Look at verse 1 of chapter 7. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully, and in regard to the things under the ban, for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Remember what God said? You can't have any of that stuff. That's going to go in the treasury of the house of the Lord. That's God's. Don't take anything. If you do, you're going to have trouble. A guy named Achan, you ever heard of him? He was a selfish guy. The story goes on in verse 2. It's not going to be up there. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. It's the next city that they're going to conquer. A little town down the road, which is near Beth Haven, east of Bethel, and said to them, go up and spy out the land. Go see how many people they have, how many warriors they have, how many swords and spears they have. So the spies went over to the town down the road, the little town going, A-I. Let's just call it E. Have you ever, for those that play sports, underestimated your opponent? Oh, we got this. Anybody ever done that? And you got your rear kicked in? Oh, we can beat them. We don't even have to practice. I can beat them with both hands behind my back, hopping on one leg. And then you get whooped. Well, they kind of got a little bit cocky because of the miracle at Jericho. The spies came back, and they said to the people, we went and we spied out the land, and you know what? There's just a few of them. We can take them. We don't have to take 40,000. We can take two or 3,000. No big deal. We'll whoop them easily. (laughs) It says in verse 4, which is not up there, So about 3,000 men from the people went up there. They went to the town of E. They fled from the men of E because the men of E struck down 36 men. They got a little too cocky. Oh, we got these people. We can handle this. They got their tails kicked, and they they kept pursuing them all the way back. 36 people had to die that day. Why? Because one man decided to be selfish. Chapter 7, verse 19. They cast lots. It was a way of a system that they had to figure out who had done what. The lot fell on Achan and his family. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, I implore you, give glory to God. 
Give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give praise to him. Tell me now what you have done. They knew he had done it, so he says, tell me what you've done. Don't hide it from me. So Achan answered Joshua and said, truly, I have sinned against the Lord and the God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil the beautiful mantle from the Shinar, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight, then I coveted. The word coveted means I'm desiring something that you don't have and you want it really bad. He desired it. He says, I coveted them and I took them. And behold, they are concealed. They're hidden in the earth, in the dirt inside my tent with the silver underneath it. Because I couldn't stand it. I was there in the city. There's bodies everywhere because people were massacred. And I saw this beautiful silver and I saw this beautiful gold. And I couldn't stand it. I just had to have it. So I got it and I took it and I hid it. I just had to have it. He was selfish. I told him, don't take anything. It's not yours. Verse 25. Joshua said, why have you troubled us? Talking to Achan. The Lord will trouble you this day. And all of Israel stoned him with stones. And they burned them with fire after they'd stoned them with stones. Did you know that your sins can affect the people around you? Did you know that? In this story, what happened? 36 people died that day because one guy decided to be selfish. He didn't obey God, and he did exactly what he wanted to do. And you know what? Some of you are in the same boat. You're selfish people. I'm selfish at times. And if we all be honest, we're all pretty selfish. We always make sure we're fed and we get what we need. But this cost the nation of Israel. The story goes on, and I won't tell the rest of it, but they finally decided to pray about it and get God in the midst of them, and they went down to E and just whooped the dog out of them. But before that, one guy decided he would be selfish. He and his family got stoned to death and burned. Are you selfish? Or more than that, are you hiding something? You know that God sees everything that you do. You can't hide it from him. You're hiding things from your mom and dad. You may be hiding things from your pastor, your youth minister, your youth leaders, maybe even your friends because maybe you're ashamed and you don't want them to know. Jesus is the light of the world, amen? And, and light and dark don't mix. And people didn't like the light. They liked the darkness. They liked to be selfish. They liked to hide the things that they don't want anybody to know about. First story. A selfish, disobedient man named Achan. I grew up in Wise County, just across the way here. Alvords in Wise County. They were our arch rivals in football, baseball, basketball, and track. I love beating the Bulldogs. So if there's any Alvord Bulldogs, sorry. The Paradise Panthers were dominant when I was there. So it's pretty cool. I loved, after Friday night on, on Monday morning, our coach, his wife, worked for the Wise County Messengers, the newspaper in Decatur. For those that are around here, you know where that's at. 
And she was a photographer for the newspaper. And she took photos of all our games and all our sports. And we always would get in and we wanted to see who made the paper, who made the headlines, who made the touchdowns, who made the interception, who did whatever. And that was the big deal. And she would take pictures and you could, grab, you can, you could buy the pictures and put them in your scrapbook. I still got a scrapbook. Ain't no big deal now. Big deal. Back then it was kind of cool. So... If you got your name in the paper, you might even get your picture in the paper. That was a pretty cool deal, right? I mean, if you get it, you get notarized a little bit, somebody gives you a little notice, that's pretty cool. Well, how about if you had your name written in the Bible? That'd be cool, right? What if your name was written twice? Even more cool, right? What if it was written three different times in three different books in the Bible? That's pretty awesome, right? Next person. It's a guy you may not have heard of. His name is Demas. This is, by the way, some of these Bible things in in the New Testament, they're not in chronological order. So I'm going to take it as it would have came out. Philippian... uh, Philemon 1, 23-25. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings... And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. Now look what it says about him. Demas and Luke. Luke is a doctor. And what does it say underlined there? What it said to me? Okay. So he's recognized him as a fellow worker in the ministry that they're doing. The Apostle Paul was a missionary. He was a church planner. He would go and start churches all over the world wherever he could. Demas is with him on his journey, and he's a fellow worker. That's a pretty good shout-out in Scripture, don't you think? A fellow worker with Paul? Well, anybody ever heard of him? You ever heard of Demas? The story goes on. Second recognition of the guy named Demas, Colossians 4.14. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. This time... He recognized Dr. Luke. And he says, oh, and Demas. Demas is still there. He's still along for the ride. He's still on the journey. But then something happens. And this is what's going to happen to some of y'all this week. Tomorrow when you get in that van and that bus or that car, that SUV, when you start heading home, the next thing that we see in Scripture is going to happen to you. Here's what happened. 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to his young protege, young Timothy. And it says this in chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. Do your best to come to me quickly for who? Demas, because he loved this world. And what did he do? Let's just stop right there. He started out as a fellow worker in the ministry with Paul. He gets mentioned again, and, and, and Demas, and now on the missionary journey. He's on a mission trip just like you. They're sharing Jesus with people. And Demas, Demas loved this world. He's deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get John Mark, Mark, and bring him with me because he's helpful to me. In my ministry. Some of y'all, before you even get home, 
you're going to forget everything you heard and done this week because it was just a fun thing for you. You see, Demas loved this world. And when you get back home, all the distractions that you left for the last six or seven days, it's there. Some of y'all are going to go back home and your home situation is not great. You have a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa that don't go to church. They don't believe in the Lord. They may even be atheists. And you're going to go back and you're going to go right back to it. And you're just going to be like, you just want to put your hands over your ears because you don't want to hear it because you know what you're going to face when you get back there. Some of y'all come from homes where your mom and dad love Jesus and they, they paid money so you could come here because they want you to get fired up for Jesus like they are. If you have that kind of mom and dad, you need to praise the Lord for it because not everybody has that. Anybody got parents that aren't Christians? Yeah? It's not so easy when you don't have parents that aren't Christians. You may be the only Jesus that they ever see. And some of y'all will be the spiritual leaders of your home when you're a teenager because your mom and dads are not spiritual leaders. Demas loved this world. He said, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to, I'm out of here. I don't want any more of this. And some of y'all, unfortunately, the seeds of the gospel that have been planted this week are going to be snatched away because they fell on the rocky soil and it couldn't penetrate your heart. So we got a guy named Achan, selfish, disobedient. He paid for it. He was killed. And because of his selfishness, other people got killed. It affected the whole nation. God got angry with them. Some people are just going to quit following Jesus. I remember running at the Wise County Relays. Love tracked. I was real fast back then. Not so much anymore. Loved running track. My race, I was a sprinter. We'd already raced and done the 100, the 200, and the 400 relay. So I'm just cheering on everybody else that's running the rest of the races. There was a guy from Chico, Texas. I'm not going to say his name. He's running the 400 meters. Back then it was a 400-yard dash before they went diverted to meters. And he's running. And he got to the second curve, and he's doing good. He's like in second place. He rounds the corner. He's coming around. There's only 200, 220 yards, 200 meters left. And he gets right over here about the 110 mark. He just walked off the track. Sit down. He goes, what are you doing? Get up and run. I'm tired, coach. He was an idiot. I mean, who would just stop in the middle of a race and just sit down? He goes, I was tired, coach. That's funny, but it's not funny because some of y'all are just going to walk off and stop following Jesus. You see it throughout Scripture. There's people that were fired up. They, they, they walked with God. They walked with God, and all before you know it, whatever happened to so-and-so? Didn't they go to the mission trip? Didn't they go to youth camp? Weren't they a part of the leadership team in the youth group? Weren't they at church? And now we don't see them anymore? They just stopped? Some of y'all will do that. Unfortunately, you don't have to. So we got two guys so far. Did Achan set a good example? Did he? Okay. What about Demas? Well, wait a minute. He was on. He was on the team with Paul. Remember, he's the fellow worker. He was on the mission team. 
He just stopped. Stiff arm. See you, man. I'm out of here. I love doing a stiff arm when when you're running the ball. Sorry. You know what I mean, coach. You know what I'm talking about. Sorry. I had a flashback all of a sudden. The next story you are very familiar with. It's about three young people that they're a long ways from home. They've been taken to a foreign land. They're away from mom and dad. Mom and dad would never know if they did anything bad or anything because they're a long ways from home. Some of your parents just gave money so you could get out of the house because they were tired of you. That's sad, though, you know. Some parents just say, here, can you take this kid for a while? Help, I've given birth to a teenager. They don't know how to raise you. (laughs) Praise the Lord, my kids are in their 20s and 30s now. So there's three guys that really loved God. And somewhere along the way, they decided no matter what, they were going to follow God no matter what, no matter what came their way. You're familiar story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. These guys that are pretty worthless saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had some prestige in the kingdom that they were in. So they told the king, King, why don't you get a statue, build it up really, really high, and make everybody bow down to you because you're the great Nebuchadnezzar. Ninety feet tall, nine feet wide statue of himself. Da-da, you know. Looking up at this big old ugly statue of this dude. Here's what they so these guys came to the king and says, Oh king, there are some people under your leadership and your leadership team, and they're not bowing down to your statue. So the king said this. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the, God, the golden image that I have set up for you? So he said, Okay. If you're ready... If you're ready, verse 15. Now, if you're ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn and the flute and the lyre and the trigon and the psaltery and the bagpipes and the drums and the guitar and you get the jest. When you hear the music, I want you to immediately bow down and worship the image that I have made. Very well. When you hear the music, you better bow down, men. But if you don't, if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. At this point, for those that aren't true followers of God, you can say, oh, I'm bowing down. I don't want to go in the fire. But these guys were special. Special. They loved God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They would never bow to an image or anything like that. Verse 16. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do, not give, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of a blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if he doesn't, O king, we ain't going to bow. Ah. Our God can deliver us. Do you believe that God can deliver you from anything? Yeah. This is where you respond. Do you really believe it, though? Yes. He said, Wait, God can do it. God can do anything he chooses because he's God Almighty. He is the great I Am. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king, but if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We're not going to bow down, ever. He got so mad and angry, he got these valiant warriors. I mean, these big old buff dudes walked up there like this. Yeah, king. He goes, heated up seven times hotter than it normally is. They heated up this furnace seven times hotter than, matter of fact, they became crispy critters because it was so hot, threw them in the fire all tied up. Nebuchadnezzar's looking down at him. He goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Weren't there three people thrown in there? Who's the fourth one? <laughs> Who's the fourth one? He looks like the son of gods. He didn't know the God, the only one true God. He looks like the son of gods. He said, somebody get them out of there. They weren't to have a singe on their body. The king goes, I want to bow down to your God. Three stories. One guy who was selfish. He cost some people their life because he didn't obey. I think obedience is one of the hardest things for us. Why? Because we want to call the shots in our own life. And you know what? If Jesus is your Lord... You, for, you forfeited that right because now he is going to be your leader of your life. What does he do when you become a Christian? He places what inside of you? Holy Spirit. I don't think we truly understand what it means to become a Christian sometimes. We say, if I pray this prayer and then go to church and get baptized, then I get to go to heaven, right? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Is it not something more? How in the world could these three young men stand up to a king that was going to kill them and say, we're not going to do it? Nana, nana, boo, boo. <laughs> I don't care, king, what you say to us. We will not bow down no matter what. Only somebody that has a relationship with Christ could stand in the face of a king like that and say, we're not going to do it. Why? Because our God can do it if he wants, but if he doesn't, I'm still not going to do it. No, not because my mom and daddy told me so. Because we know the king of kings. Achan was selfish, disobedient, and he was hiding things. Some of y'all are hiding some stuff. I remember a girl in Highland Village, Texas, when I was a youth minister years ago. She walked up to me at a youth service one night, and she goes, I need you to have this. I didn't bring it with me, but I should have. She handed me a, a necklace, or a bracelet, I mean. It was made of beads, and I don't know what it was. It said, ecstasy. 
You see, she had been doing drugs since she was 12 years old, and she was about 16. And she came to me just crying and weeping. She goes, I need you to take this from me because I've been hiding this from my family. I've been hiding it from everybody. I've been doing drugs, and I don't want to do it anymore. And I, I held her, and we prayed, and she cried. Some of y'all are hiding things right now, and I don't know what it is you're hiding, but you're hiding stuff. And you don't want your mom and dad to know what you were looking at on your phone or your computer or your iPad or whatever. You're just like Aiken. You're hiding stuff in your tent so nobody else will see it. But who sees it, though? God sees it. That's Aiken. An old Demas, fellow worker in the ministry. He was on the mission trip. He was a part of the leadership team. He may have even played the guitar. Maybe the drum. Maybe the bass. I don't know if they had that kind of stuff, but if he did, maybe he did it. Demas was doing good. But as he went along, somewhere along the way, something happened in his life. He goes, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to follow Paul or Jesus or anybody anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. Some of y'all, unfortunately, you won't be in the youth group next year. Matter of fact, you won't even be in church more than likely. Unless you do something drastically as far as making a true commitment to Christ. Some of y'all did that last night. Some of y'all bolted down here. You said, yes, I want Jesus. Some of y'all need to do that tonight. And then these last three guys. In the face of incredible peer pressure, they stood. They stood up to a king who would kill them. So a few questions as we wrap up. Impact 2022. My first question. Who are you? No, I don't mean your name, but who are you? Really? Well, I'm so-and-so, and my mom and dad's this, and I live here, and I do this, and that, and that. Who are you really, though? The real you. Not the one that you portray to people, but the one that's just you. Second question, what's your story? Three stories tonight, all a little bit different. All people who were in the Bible. Do you have a Jesus story? What I mean by that is, was there a time in your life when you said, I'm going to follow Jesus, No, no turning back? I'm going to follow him. If you've never had a decision like that, you may not know Jesus Christ. You may believe in him, but demons believe in him. What was those words of that great I am? I can't find it. I can't flip it. Which way? Find it for me, please. Let's see the words. Oh, here we go. The mountains shake before you. Their demons run and flee at the mention of your name, King of Majesty. There is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I Am. The demons run and they flee because of the, of the, the King of Kings, the great I Am. Do you know that King? 
Do you know him in a personal way? It's about a relation, folks. It's not about what church you're going to go to. One day we're going to stand before him. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. What's your story? Who are you? Next question. What kind of example are you now? We've talked about being an example in love and purity and speech and your conduct. We even got shirts to say, example. What kind of example are you now? When other people see you, what do they see? Next question. What kind of example will you be when you get home? I always said anybody can act like a Christian on a mission trip. Anybody can act like a Christian when they're at church. Anybody can do that. They can fake it. I mean, you go, oh, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? What example will you set when you get back home? When you walk into that house when mom and dad don't believe in Jesus? Or you walk into whatever? Your friends that didn't come, they said, I ain't going to that stupid trip. I don't want that. Are you crazy? Why would you do something? Why would you spend money to go work? They said that to you. Maybe not to your face, but they probably said it to you. Are you crazy? What kind of example will you be when you get home? And last question. What kind of example do you want to be? If you had three people in the Bible, and we looked at four tonight, <laughs> would you want to be like Achan? I don't want to be like Achan. How about Demas, the mission guy? He's on mission for Jesus. And then he stiff arms the team. <laughs> See you, buddy. I don't want to be this. I don't do this anymore. I want to be more like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Saying, King, you don't want none of this. <laughs> I serve a God who is above all. So this is how we're going to close impact tonight. Three stories of people that had examples. A couple of them examples were not too good. And then the three that stood together. There's always strength in numbers, you know. My imitations are pretty hard. And this is the way I want to do it tonight. The first imitation is this. And in a minute, you can come back and play some songs. I want to see if anybody wants to come here in just a minute. Without the fanfare and the music and the drums and everything, is there anybody in this room that's bold enough to stand up and say, you know what? I've never accepted Jesus, but I'm ready to do that now. My friends did it, but I've never done it. Is there anybody here that just stand up there? Stand up and come up here with me and say, that's me. Anybody? Anybody bold enough to stand up in a group of Christians? Come on up, buddy. You asked Jesus in your life last night, didn't you? Yes, sir. Did the Holy Spirit come inside of you? Yes, sir. You're saved. How about you? Have you ever done that? Not really. Who's your youth pastor? Mr. Shonda. Mr. Shonda. 
before we leave tonight, she's going to tell you how you can have a relationship with Christ. Okay? Thank you for being bold enough to walk up here in front of these Yahoos. How about you, young lady? Have you accepted Christ? She accepted, it, accepted Jesus once, but it just wasn't really true. And some of y'all, that's your story. Didn't stick. I didn't get Jesus, I don't think. Maybe I got just a part of him. Who's your youth minister? Um, Joe. Joe. Mr. Joe, Mr. Joe, Mr. Diamond, Michael, and Belinda, and them, they're going to help you understand that more, okay? How about you, young lady? You've never accepted Christ? You want to tonight? Who's your youth minister? Andy. Andy. All right, y'all can go sit down. Let's give him a hand. Tell old Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> tell the devil that. One more invitation. Actually, there's going to be two more, and then we're going to sing a little bit, and then we're going to go to church group times after that. Is there anybody else that didn't come up here because you're just afraid, and you said, you know what, I've never accepted Jesus. This is no prayer. If you don't want to do it, it ain't no big deal. Matter of fact, it takes more guts to stand up here. But, I mean, you're among Christians if you can't stand up here, there's no way you're going to stand up for God out there. It is a cruel, mean world. It's a, it's a hard world, folks. And the God of this age will blind those of the unbelieving. He is out to destroy you. That's Satan. He didn't want you to do that. Anybody else that wants to stand and says, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm tired of playing games. Come on up. You ever accepted Christ before? Yes. You have? Is he in your heart? I thought it was. He thought he wasn't, but he didn't. I want you to talk with your youth minister tonight, too. Okay? How about you? The same thing. Same thing? Okay. And how about you? Okay, guys. All right. Thank y'all. Give them another hand. They was bold to come up here. Go sit down. Okay. And for those who are going, what are you doing, crazy dude? Folks, I think that we've been selling people a bill of goods that doesn't do any good. We tell them, to pray this prayer and do this and you'll be saved. That's part of it. I don't think that we come to the point where we start telling people, take up your cross and follow me. Do you know what it means to take up your cross? What does it mean to take up your cross? One person, say it. What does it mean? Sorry? Die daily. If somebody said, if you want to go to heaven, you've got to die every day, that's what it means. Jesus said, the words, it says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Somewhere along the way, youth ministers, and Shabby said this other night, didn't you, Shabby? Where you at? Didn't you say something like that? 
We've sold them a bill of goods saying, if you just pray this prayer and you do this thing and do a couple of jiggles and this, like that, and you jump up and come down the front and put your hands on somebody's arms, you're saved and you get to go to heaven when you die, right? Well, if you accept Jesus, the Bible says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you also got to do some repenting. Who said that? Jason talked about what's in the sink below the surface. The real, we've got to start really getting serious about sin, people. Sin has got this world. and It's just a nasty place because we're, we live in a sinful world. Some of y'all are doing drugs. Some of y'all are having sex and you're not married with your person that you're married to. You're having sex. And that's, that's reserved for married people. That's what God designed it for. Some of y'all are just, you cuss like a sailor all the time. When you're at church, you don't do that. But when you're with your friends, you curse. You've got a potty mouth. Wordy dirds come out of your mouth all the time. Some of y'all get that in a minute. <laughs> Wordy dirds. <laughs> These that stood up, youth ministers, talk to them. Tell them how they can know for sure. You need to know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. But if you really want to follow Jesus, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross. That means you've got to die. What it means is that you, got, you start surrendering. Right, Spencer? You start surrendering. Say, God, I can't, leave, I can't, I can't live my life the way you want me to. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. So you deny yourself. The old self will try to rise up ahead. But Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay? Now, is there anybody who want to set him and say, I'm ready to start dying to self? Because that's what it means. That's how you can truly know you want to become a Christian. When you finally say, I'm ready to lay my life down and let Jesus live through me. I'm old and kind of blunt, but that's kind of the way it is with me because I don't want you to stand before God one day and him say, who are you? What? I don't know you. Is there anybody who says, I, I'm ready to take up my cross? Anybody? Hey guys, if you're coming just because your friends up here, that's not what this is about. That's what you're doing. This is not what this is about. It's not a groupy thing. If you're coming because you really want to, you're ready to follow Jesus seriously. 
Stop playing games. That's what I'm talking about. Saying, I'm ready to follow him in my life. Is that why you're here? I mean, really, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know all your names, so I don't know. Some of you I, I know personally. We're friends. <laughs> Youth ministers and sponsors here in a minute. I want you to go to your kids that are up here. I don't know what they're dealing with. I didn't force them to come up here. But you really need to tell them what it means to be a Christian. Somebody that says, I'm done with living my life the way I am, and I'm going to repent of my sin, and I'm going to start following Jesus with my life. Is this something y'all want to do? Shane and them are going to sing a song. And while you are ministering to these kids, and you can, do, you can finish this in your church group. Matter of fact, you can do that in your church group in just a minute. But I got one more invitation. Some of y'all in the room are struggling with God's call on your life to be possibly a youth minister or a pastor or a worship leader, a missionary. The Holy Spirit's been digging. You, you, you lay down your life daily. You know what it means to follow Jesus. And you think, God wants me. I get chills because I'm the one that, when Shane came to me as a teenager, says, how do you know that you're called to ministry? And I told him how I accepted Christ and how he began to show me how he had orchestrated my life to the point that he wanted me to be on his team. Is there somebody here? And it may be some of y'all up here. Is there anybody here that says, God's calling me? I'm not sure what he wants me to do, but I know that God's calling me to be some kind of minister out there. Come on up, friend. Anybody else? So y'all that just got down here, there's almost as many as y'all up there as there is out here. Feel like God may be leading y'all to do something ministry-wise, maybe? Yeah. What you need to do is go to your youth sponsors, your, your pastor, your, your youth leaders, and you need to talk to them and say, That's, God's really speaking to me. Man, the Holy Spirit's moving in my life. It's an incredible deal, but it's hard. Did you know that you cannot live the Christian life on your own? It's impossible. It's impossible. Nobody can do it. That's why he gave us a helper. Amen? We have the Holy Spirit. Shane's going to sing just a little bit of a song. If anybody wants to make a decision, I don't want the whole group coming up here. You can do that in your church group time in just a minute, okay? But youth ministers and sponsors and pastors, look at who's up here see why they came up here and y'all deal with this stuff in your group again I, I'm just kind of old fashioned guy I don't like playing games you're either going to do it or not so my prayer is that you came here because the Holy Spirit led you here and if you didn't you came up here it's no harm no foul it's okay but if you're really serious about following Jesus God's going to do a mighty work in your life 
Think about the army that God can raise up just with these new people right here. Amen? You're going to be ready to ch charge hell with a water pistol. You ain't afraid of Satan. The demons are going to run and flee. Can you sing that chorus? I don't know what you're playing, Shane, but can we just sing a little bit of the great I am just a little bit more? I just feel like we've got to sing that because it's the God of heaven who we serve. Amen. It's the God of heaven that's going to lead these kids to stand up when nobody else will. They'll stand up when somebody goes, you've got to bow down to this. And you can say, no, I'm not because I know Jesus. I know Jesus. He's my master. He's my savior. He's my boss. If nobody else does it, I'll stand alone if I have to because I know Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Sing a little bit of that. You got to stand up here. Smile pretty for him. Let's stand up and sing. If you want to make a decision, come on up too. Death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one. Hallelujah! Holy, holy God Almighty, the great I
just a moment, we're going to be going to our church group times. Just kind of be silent. Youth leaders, you got some work to do. I talked to several of the students. Some of them are up here because they just hadn't been living right. Some are genuinely feel like God's calling, calling them into ministry. Others say, I, I need to be saved. So our responsibility as leaders, as we bring these kids, is to disciple them, to encourage them, to pray for them. I don't know what all decisions are up here, okay? Some came because their friends came. Can't stop that, okay? I wish I could. They're going to need each other out there. They're going to need each other. So we're going to be dismissed to our church group times, but talk to your kids. Pray with them. All you kids are up here. Make sure you talk to your leaders. You're dismissed.